Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. If you've been with us the last few weeks, I've been doing a series, first of all, looking at the fact that we all have hurts, everybody hurts, we all have hurts in our life. And that last week we moved on to looking at, we, to, we have to move from hurt into healing and we have to change direction. And so this week I really want to kind of bring that to a head and look at what I said that we'd look at a couple of weeks ago is that how do we restore relationships? Because when we get hurt, relationships break. You know, we, we all have hurts. Life is a contact sport. Um, so don't tell me that you're not going to get hurt. You will get hurt. You can't avoid it. You've got to be able to deal with it. Um, and we've got to make a decision about how we deal with it. Paul and Silas, they in prison around midnight, they decided to praise. Uh, they praised their way out of prison, and suddenly there was an earthquake. So today, following on from that, moving into healing, we look at how we restore relationships. Let's put that first picture up, if you would, please. So, Humber Bridge, looking as nice as anything in Hull ever does. And uh, relationships, they're like bridges. Do you know what? relationships like bridges, they have to be built intentionally. They carry weight. They're weakened by stress. They also need to be reinforced. And sometimes bridges like relationships collapse. Relationships like bridges collapse through neglect, through conflict. Don't know if any of you will remember four years ago, the bridge in Tadcaster collapsed due to the conflict of the water conflict, the water pushing against it, it collapsed, some of our relationships can collapse because of misunderstandings. You know, the world is full of broken relationships between husbands and wives, parents and kids, ex-husbands, ex-wives, family members, employer and employee, neighbours, friends, wider than that, races, even nations. So how do we repair those bridges? How do we restore relationships? Because we moved into healing from hurt. And now we're ready for phase three, which is to restore relationships. We all have that hurt. Relationships, they do break down. Again, it's going to happen. I'm sure every one of us right now can think of a relationship that's broken down. Maybe when I mentioned restoring relationships, you thought of someone where that's the case, someone in your life, someone who's hurt you and and that relationship bridge has just collapsed. So here's the good news, is that any relationship can be repaired with one key. The key to that is something that we don't think about very much. Because if I was to ask you, what do you think the key to restoring a relationship is? You might say, forgiveness. Yeah? And you go, yeah, that's important. Forgiveness is important. We've got to do that. We've got to choose to forgive, like I said before. We've got to keep on forgiving. But that's not the key. Or maybe it's honesty then. We have to tell the truth to people, absolutely. We've got to be honest. But that's true. But that's not the key. The key to restoring relationships is a deeper quality that is often really misunderstood today. In fact, people look down on it and they don't champion it. And here it is. The key to restoring relationships is humility. Humility. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it says, All of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. All of us, we need to be clothed in humility. It's something that we've got to learn. So God, 
God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So within that restoring relationships, today I really want to talk about pride and humility. Because do you know what? Pride is one of the most dangerous things out there. It's in every single one of us. It creeps up on us. We don't understand how dangerous pride is. We also don't understand how powerful humility is. And do you know what? It's difficult to talk about this in one sense because pride is something that can affect us. But it's also difficult because proud people need to hear this message today. But because you're proud, you're going to sit back and say that that's not me and this is for someone else. Why do I have to listen to Tom? I'm not arrogant. In the New Testament, the Pharisees were full of pride. And Jesus constantly confronted and challenged that. They didn't hear what he was saying. He wants to do the same with us. Like the invalid man we looked at the last couple of weeks in John chapter 5, the man at the pool in Bethesda, Jesus came to disrupt and challenge the patterns in his life. And he comes to disturb the patterns in our life too. I talked about the fact that we all have patterns in our life. We have patterns of pride. We all have patterns of pride in our life. We all know nobody wants to be a Pharisee. But some of us can be really easily. In fact, many of us are. And this is, this is a strong message this morning. I want you to take this as a, this is an Exocet missile that's wrapped in grace. Because I want to shatter pride. I don't want, God wants to shatter pride in people's hearts. We all have pride. Can I say, if you've been a Christian for a number of years, you probably struggle with it more than you think. I don't want to get you to stand up, but I would pick and say, make you feel. But actually, if you've been a Christian for a number of years, you're probably more prideful than you think. In fact, it's the people that are newer to Christ that are more aware of the fact that they need a saviour, more aware of the fact that, that they're broken and they've not got it all together. So today, I hope you listen. And I've, I've been praying that, that if you struggle with pride, and this breaks through today, that this is, this is going to smack you in the head. This is going to smack you in the heart, not to condemn you, but to free you up, to break the chain of pride in your life. So will you be open to the fact today that you are proud? Be open. And I don't mean proud as in, like, I'm proud of my kids. Yeah, we get what we mean by pride. It's, it's that self-righteous pride that's in us. Be open to thinking that you need to hear this message today. Because do you know what? If you can't be open, then you are proud. Sorry, just got to tell you this. We all struggle with different forms of pride. And it's really important that we're aware of it. The Bible is really clear on what God thinks about pride and humility. In fact, there are over 150 verses in the Bible that deal with the issue. Essentially, God says this. God hates pride and he loves humility. So I'm going to some really strong verses for you, but hopefully it'll be a little bit of a, a flash for you. Proverbs 16, 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. God can't stomach arrogance or pretense. Believe me, he'll put those upstarts in their place. Proverbs, that's the message version. It doesn't mean that he hates the person, he hates the pride that's in them. You know, it's like when you've, you, if, if, you're, if your kids, like when, when Isla's been ill, I'm angry with the illness, I don't hate her. I'm angry with the illness that's holding her back. That's what God's talking about when he hates the pride. He doesn't hate the person. He hates the thing that's holding them back. He hates that illness. So don't think about that God detests you. No, no, he doesn't. He detests the pride that's holding you back. 
Pride goes before destruction. We all know pride goes before a fall. A haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Matthew 23, verse 12. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Bible's full of promises that God will bless us if we're humble as well. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Those who humble themselves will be exalted, I just said that. And by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honour and life. Who would like riches, honour and life? Yeah. yeah, it's all tied in with humility. All tied in with humility. And then James verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 10, it says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. It is that going lower, lifting him up, raising him up. Here's the thing. Who knows this, that one problem with humility is that we can't just decide to be humble. The more you focus on it, the harder it is. You ever try to give that humble look? <laughs> it's really difficult to do, isn't it? It's really hard to be like, I'm just going to humble look. Mm. Mm. And inside we're going, yes, 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 yes. We're like, look, look how humble I am right now. Yeah? <laughs> We get proud of our humility. So those of you who don't think you need this message, you really do need it. I want to look at this then. What is humility? Because humility is not putting yourself down, not saying, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody, nobody wants to know about me. Do you know what that is? That's false humility. All pride, basically. Because what you're doing there is you're fishing for compliments constantly. I'm just nothing, I'm just nothing, I just don't matter, I'm just a worm. I'm nothing. Do you know what? Jesus did not die for worms. He died for people. The cross says that we are infinitely valuable to God. Every single one of us matters. God says, with Jesus dying on the cross, that I love you this much. The cross shows that we are infinitely valuable, but also we are deeply flawed. Jesus had to die for our sins. Humility is about keeping those two things in balance. Knowing that you're infinitely valuable, but deeply flawed. It's not denying your strengths. It's about being honest about what your weaknesses are. Humility is not denying your gifts. You ever met those people that, like, when you go abroad and say, do you speak English? And they go, a little bit. And then it turns out they're better at you at it. <laughs> or, like, do you play an instrument? Yeah, I'm not very good. I'm not very good at that. turns out that Jules Holland, when it comes to playing the piano... <laughs> And we can build this thing into this British thing of like, we don't like to blow our own trumpet. But actually, that's all just that false humility. It all comes from pride. Humility is loving God and loving people. Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We've got to live out those commandments. Do you know what? The, the, the enemy, he doesn't care if we're preoccupied with our own pride or our own humility. He just wants us to be preoccupied. He, doesn't want to be, he wants us to be completely focused on ourselves. You know, humble people don't think less of themselves. They just don't think of themselves. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself 
less. Humble people think about God and they think about other people. I think of, like, picking up Dave and Shelley, our leader, two great people who, they just think of other people, think of God the whole time. They might disagree with it, but I, I look at that. It, well, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you can see it. There's a humility there in them. If we want to deal with relationships, if we want to restore relationships, we've got to deal with the pride in our life, and we've got to be humble. You know, it takes two to restore a relationship. I know that. But you can start the ball rolling wherever you are. So I've got five steps for restoring relationships. All of these steps require humility. You ready for them? Here's the thing. We know that most relationships fall apart. They fall apart because people aren't willing to do the hard yards and humble themselves. We can talk about humble yourself. You want like a a term that we use in this church? Wobble your head. (laughs) Have a word with yourself. Whatever it is. Just have it, you know, like just wake up. Humble yourself. The first one is this. Ask for God's help. That's a big one. Because it takes a humility to admit you need help. And I speak to all the men here, especially, we struggle to ask for help, don't we? Whether we're building a DIY thing, you're making a bed, and in fact you make a piano by a mistake. <laughs> or like, you can't ask for directions. You're just going to keep on driving around because it's just that pride. We're not going to ask, not going to ask. No, no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. It requires humility just to say, God, help me. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. The New King James Version says this, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. If we're full of pride then that says that we are against God. Now then, who wants to go up against God? Anyone think you're going to win? You might have your own idea about how the world should run, how the universe should run, but you know what? It's his universe, not yours. So you can go up against God, but you know what? It's not going to come off well for you. Grace is the power to change that relationship. The power to restore what we thought was dead. The key is humility. God gives grace to the humble. As long as we're full of pride, then we're against God and he can't do anything. He can't help us. But if we humble ourselves, wow, that is powerful. Restoring relationships, it requires help. Not an easy thing to do. Humility is not an easy thing to do. You can't just decide, as I said, you can't, I'm just going to be humble today. It's a process. You've got to ask for help with it. It's so much easier to be full of pride. So take your first step by asking for God's help. The second point is this. Reach out. You know, if someone's hurt you, there's a, a broken relationship, that bridge is collapsing, maybe it's collapsed, then go to them. You go to them. You make the first move and tell them that you want to restore that relationship. The Bible says in, in 1 Peter 2, verse 17, it says, Respect everyone and love the family of believers, fear God and respect the king. Respect everyone. Respect is a key thing. You ever have those arguments at home? I'm not going to look at chance. You often come home, they often come, sorry, from, from not respecting properly. That she might be talking to me and I'm distracted because I'm playing on my phone looking at something or I'm on the TV or I'm not giving her my full attention. So 
there's conflict that comes because I'm not giving her respect. I'm not fully present in the present. So when we don't treat others with respect, it leads to conflict. We've got to show respect. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. We've got to respect and we've got to listen. You know, who wants to be listened to? We all want to be listened to. We all feel valued when we feel listened to. We've had a proper conversation you might be meeting that person and taking that first step in trying to restore a relationship. And do you know what? They've, they've got hurt feelings. But, and, and feelings are, are not good or bad. They're just feelings. Um, that's all they are, but they're still there. So if someone says you're trying to restore that relationship and, and they've got, they said, yeah, but you really hurt me and you really hurt my feelings. The temptation is if we don't go with humility, is that we're going to try and win the argument, yeah? We're going to be like, yeah, but oh, I didn't do anything. Or that. And it's like, no, no, no. We've just got to say, I'm really sorry that, that you feel that way, or whatever it is. We've got to listen to people, reach out to them, and go to people with humility. The third point is this. We have to take responsibility. Oosh. No one likes to hear that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 5 says, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Wouldn't it be great if the world knew that? Not just the world, all of us. Yeah, yeah. I put it in the world, we're just as bad. Well, this is a really positive message this morning. But it is that thing, and hopefully it's clanging away in some of you. We have to acknowledge that we are responsible for our own behavior. You can't build a healthy relationship without taking responsibility. If you're playing the blame game, Passing blame all the time, then you're not going to fix a relationship. You've got to get serious about your part in a relationship breaking up. Maybe you reacted in the wrong way. You've got to stop blaming other people. Even when maybe 99.999999% is not your fault. Because we know that like, it's not always 50-50. But we have to take responsibility for our part. The Bible says in Romans 3.23... For many have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Or does it? <laughs> no, you were going with me. It says, for all have sinned. We're all fallible humans. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned. All of us have blown it. Some of us realize that. Some of us don't. Some of us don't want to know. Nobody's perfect, but none of us like to admit that we all have pride. Another a great quote, again from C.S. Lewis. He says this, I think it will come up on the screen. So, there is one vice of which no man in the world is free, which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else, and of which hardly any people except Christians ever imagine that they are guilty themselves. There is no fault which makes a man more unpopular, and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. The vice I am talking of is pride or self-conceit. And the virtue opposite to it in the Christian morals is called humility. According to the Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice, it is the complete anti-God state of mind. Ouch! Yeah. 
Ouch! <laughs> Pride's a huge thing, but we don't acknowledge it. It holds us down. I think of the times when I've let pride win in my life, times I've refused to say sorry, hurt people because of I've refused to say sorry, they've been hurt because of my pride. I've held on to a wrong opinion because I can't be wrong. <laughs> you know, can't be wrong, I've got to be right. I'm going to hold on to that opinion even when I know it's wrong. The times I've belittled other people to build me up, taking credit for things I wasn't responsible for because I, I want the praise and adulation, not proud of any of those things. All of that comes from pride. You know, we're all selfish people, ultimately. We all like to think of ourselves. We're like babies. You know, you've got a newborn baby, it's feed me, change me, burp me, feed me, change me, burp me. It's all about them. They're totally self-obsessed. They're so selfish. <laughs> but as we grow, we're supposed to become less self-centered. But we don't always. Acknowledging that you're responsible takes humility. But it builds bridges. Just saying, do you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? That's how you move to restoring a relationship. We've got to fight. You know, fighting to restore relationships. We've got to battle the pride. There's a, there's a song which I love by uh, Hillsong United. We don't sing it in our church, but it's called Love is War. And one of the, the lines in the verse says, let your love be my companion in the war against my pride. Let me sing another song called With Everything. It says, break down our pride and all the walls that built up inside. We've got to constantly clock it that we've got to fight it. We've got to fight it. It's in a battle to overcome this. Point four is this. I'm not, I'm not far off done. Point four is, do you know what? People are human. Allow other people that you're trying to restore relationships with, other people in your life, imagine, you know, allow them to be human. They're not faultless, and neither are you. So if none of us are faultless, then why do we... Why are we so tough on people? Why do we expect perfection from our husbands or wives when we know that nobody is perfect? Yeah, yeah? but we do. We can all fall into that thing. Well, I, I, I expect you to do this, and, and, and we don't. We've got to give them a break. We've got to be forgiving and allow them to be human. Yeah. Number five is this. Lou, do you want to come up? I'm not going to be too much longer. We're through today is this, is who are you listening to? You know, we've all got to have people in life that we can have speak into our lives. People that will bring life and encouragement to us. We all need that. But also people that will bring correction and a challenge. Who knows that you can't give advice to someone who has already made, who has already made up their mind. Someone who knows better all the time. You can't say anything or help anyone who's always defensive. Who, when he says something, even if it's encouraging, their first reaction is, yes, but. All pride. All pride that's coming from them. In Exodus, there's a passage where Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, has been watching how Moses is going about handling some things in life with people. And he's been watching, and Jethro says to Moses, Exodus 18, verse 17, he says... Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing 
is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. What you are doing is not good. Listen to me and I will give you some advice. He's saying don't listen to everyone. It'll burn you out. Stop listening to everyone. But also take note that Moses listened to Jethro. Now the world is full of opinion. It's everywhere. Do you know what opinion never did? It never built anything. So I want to ask you, who do you listen to? And another question, who do you need to stop listening to? There's a difference between opinion and counsel. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. Opinion is given whether you want it or not, isn't it? We all know that. Well, if you want my opinion, well, we don't, but we're going to get it. Listen to people who care for you. If you're part of a dinner party, your dinner party leaders, who is it? A team leader, someone that, who's got your best interests at heart, but do you know what? They're bold enough. It's not that they're bold enough. It's that you're open enough to them, for them to be able to say to you, do you know what? What you're doing is not good. And we want to help you move to there to restore that you've got to go and restore that relationship you've got to go and change that I'm not trying to condemn you but there's humility where we've got to go I have not got it all together and I need someone else to be able to speak in will you be open enough to let people speak into your life or are you just going to fill yourself up with pride build up that wall I talked about the layers of hurt last couple of weeks that we build up the walls all pride it's just pride. The Bible says, clothe yourself in humility. So we've got to take those walls down and put on a fresh set of clothes. If you get my drift. The key to restoring relationships is humility. We all have hurt. Maybe someone's hurt you and you're still holding on to it. And we have to be humble and ask God for help. That you want to forgive them even though you actually don't want to forgive them. Like I said last week that we do what we don't want to do. That's how we move from hurt to healing. Because pride causes us to always look at what other people do to us without realizing that we can hurt others. And we know that God forgives us, so let's do the same. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 